afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. A lot to look at at this market today because second day in a row we have seen some limit up action in the cattle market so really what does this mean is this a trend we're going to start to see is it maybe a turnaround on this curve we don't really know but we'll also take a look at the feelings that are going on with all of this because we know that we've had these feelings every year just this year i think they're just escalated feelings as well as we kind of talked before we started this with aaron Bertels. aaron of course is with crossroads marketing and i think we'll start out with this limit up trade it's nice to have some good news for the cattle producer yeah absolutely you know it was messing around for quite a while there but now we've had a couple of really good days in a row. You saw cash jump up really quickly yesterday. I'm sure some of this is uh, optimism around what the stock market's doing, optimism around the fact that uh, you know we're we're trying to get some things back up and running. But also, you got to wonder. I mean, with with supply and everything that's going on, logistics not being able to get meat where it needs to go, um, it should go up in price, and that's part of what you're seeing here too. Does this kind of set the tone, though? Maybe. For some optimism, we know that plants are, it's like, it seems like one plant opens, two more close temporarily. So there's a lot of ebb and flow emotion there for the producer, but at least some positives when it comes to the trade. Yeah, absolutely. And I, you know, who knows what's going to happen with these plants, right? Because you're in a place now where, you know, Secretary Senator Kudur came out and said they'll be open in a week to 10 days. But what does that mean? Because, you know, one of them opened up with in South Dakota, it opened back up with 250 employees and normally services like 3,500 employees, right? So open does not in any way, shape, or form mean that they're running at full capacity or, or running at what they were running at. And the tough part with this stuff is they're just trying to service such different industry now than they were. Like now you, you've got this huge demand for uh, different cuts of meat, right? Like, or just burger, right? I mean, and some of these plants are really sophisticated and service just the restaurant industry so they're having to make shifts and those kind of things but with fewer workers or no workers right now right so it's just a tough transition for them to make to go from servicing a ton of restaurants and these different cuts of meat to now um you know people that are cooking at home wanting burger and wanting all these things that and getting them to the right places right so it's it's a chore to, to try to make this transition and make things work, and it's going to be a slow process to get that back up and running as long as there's this battle between people who think that everyone in the world needs to be tested and tested every time they go to work uh, versus the people who think we just need to, to get this running because it's critical infrastructure. So I'm sure I'm not the first person to, to think this, but look at the box beef today. Um, Choice was up what seven dollars and fifty eight cents at four fifty six seventy six. Are we going to see five hundred dollar choice? It's possible. Now you've got. I mean, they're under pressure, right? The Packers are under some pressure now because of of Trump. Uh, you know, speaking with the Justice Department and everything about hey, we need to investigate uh, the way things have been going here. As box beef has gone up, uh, but yet you know cattle prices have not, and so uh, they're going to be doing things a little bit more to the letter, I would think, to make sure that as this investigation is going on, that uh, there isn't anything that pops up that makes them look worse in the short term. So uh, I guess the positive from all of this is, yeah, you could you could definitely see that with the way supply um, limitations are right now in some of these places that are limiting meat supplies, uh, you know, whether it's necessary in the long term or not, it's happening, right? And you certainly are seeing less meat at the store. I was there the other day, and there's just not much there. You've got fast food restaurants that are, are worried about 
you know, what they're going to be able to serve. So, yeah, absolutely. And I think the other side of that is if it does go up, um, I think you will see it much more closely tied to what the cattle futures do. In the end, I mean, cattle producers are getting hurt. Is it going to take the consumer kind of screaming before we start to see a bit of a turnaround? We've already heard of some grocery stores looking to buy direct because they want to cut out this middleman. Yeah, sure. And I think the tough part, though, is that's a huge transition to make, right? Between, um, you know, all these small meat packing plants. My, my brother-in-law and sister own a meat packing plant back where I'm from, and they're just swamped. You know, swamped with people they've never done this with in their life, right? Because of what people want and where they can get it from. Um, so, yeah, I think you could see that. And that's the issue, right? I mean, there's nothing that anybody can do to force people to go back to work, right? And especially if it's it's unionized and uh, some of those decisions aren't even with the employee themselves, right? So it's going to take, just like you're seeing with some of these states that don't want to open back up, uh, you're seeing protesting, you're seeing things uh, that are forcing people's hands. And so that, that may be the case. Right now, we're still not in a place where anybody's, except for the top part of this, right? I mean, you're, it's going to go down from the producer to uh, the packer to the consumer. And uh, we're still kind of near the top of this right now. So where do we, as a livestock producer, as a grain producer, keep that line of communication? Because one can't survive without the other. But right now, both are hurting. Yeah, you have to be vocal. Um, you know, the livestock guys, you know, and the government's obviously trying to help this out. But this can't last a long time, right? I mean, this can't be something that uh, you slow this chain down for any period of time. I mean, especially with the livestock industry. I mean, this is a totally different world than the grain industry. Most people don't need to move a ton of grain right now. Livestock guys got to move all the time, right? They're constantly going in and out. So you can't have this be a long-standing problem. We've got some real issues um, that would take place in a hurry. You know, not not like grain where we could have this happen for the last three months and it's not as huge a deal. You don't like the price and there's certainly people who've had to sell it levels they didn't like, but this isn't a time where a lot of people are having to move a ton of stuff. But from a cattle and hog standpoint, it's constant. And not to even think about not only the financial side of it, but the emotional side of it that's all being tied in. Yeah, it's something you've never had to deal with. I mean, this has never been the issue, right? I mean, it's not, there hasn't been a place to go with it. It's that the place to go with it doesn't want to pay me enough. And maybe there has been the situations where there's not enough places to go and the Packers have taken advantage of that. Folks, we come back, we've got a lot more to look at. It's the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. Back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. We continue our conversation with Aaron Bertels. And Aaron, as as we left, we were talking about kind of the craziness that was going on and all the feels in this. And, you know, every year we worry about if it's going to rain. We worry about if it's going to be cold. We know that there's a cold snap that everybody's talking about from up around, you know, the upper Midwest. The feels are always here. It just seems like this year they're heightened and they're more escalated because of what's happening globally and how that's really come down to affect that individual producer. Yeah, I think that's true. You and I discussed that this is obviously emotional time because of where the price is and some of the things that are happening that we've never seen before. But I would also say that every year we have low points and high points of feelings, right? I mean, it's never going to stop going up or it's never going to go up again, right? That's it's not an uncommon feeling as you go in or through a marketing year. Um, so the difference now is just that 
what's causing that, right? And that's always something different. Like two years ago, it was a trade war, right, that we hadn't really been a part of before. And now it's a pandemic that we haven't seen that may also be affecting other parts of our life, right, which makes this even more difficult because, you know, while farmers and producers and, and us in this industry maybe haven't been as affected directly from a day-to-day life because we don't, for the most part, live in cities that have had huge impacts or stay-at-home orders, it's still impacting us. You can't go to church. You know, the places you do go to are just weird, right? I mean, some places you go to, you have to wear a mask. It's, you know, it's totally different. And if it doesn't affect you, then I'd, I'd say you're not paying very close attention, right? Um, so there's all these different things happening that are heightening our sensitivity level and heightening our emotion during this time. So it's not weird to have these ups and downs or these thought processes through a year, but this certainly has been escalated because of the reasoning behind it. So you talk about uh, two years ago when everything was taking place with China. Now it's got an official name of phase one. But as as we talk about uh, during trading bits and bytes that folks can and view tomorrow morning, are we phasing out of phase one in so many ways because of what's happening globally? I think it's certainly a concern. And you've seen a lot of talk about that the last couple of days here. You know, President Trump came out today or last night and said that he'll know more in a week or two as to whether he thinks China's going to hold up to their end of the bargain here. Um, and whether we think they're not holding up to it because of actual problems with coronavirus or just because they weren't planning to ever right? The market certainly hasn't expected them to, or we wouldn't be at the prices that we're at today uh, if we expected the kind of demand that they had put forth in that uh, document, uh, we would be at better prices than we are right now. So it's not like there's a lot of premium that's going to come out of the market if it doesn't happen, but it's it's certainly going to push us into a time frame that we normally expect better opportunities, June, July, that time, and have a, a weight on it. Right. It's going to have this negative impact of, OK, now the whole world's turning against China because they don't uh, like the way they handled uh, the pandemic or the coronavirus when it initially started. And it is going to change whatever that trade deal was and might change it for a long period of time. If that's really what starts to take place. Now, I would say there's some optimism today because they came out and made some purchases and the market went up, I think, uh, a lot because of that. But. Uh, you know, we'll see. We'll see over the next week. They're supposed to talk to them um, over the next week at some point and see where this is going and what direction it's heading. Is there some excitement building for the WASD report that comes out next week? I I, I don't think that there's a ton of um, movement expected for a report like that. You got to worry a little bit from a um, downside perspective just because of the destruction that's been done to ethanol here. I mean, you can say that there is a certain amount of bushels that just are not going to get ground because of where ethanol and and what's happened there uh, with ethanol price. So that stuff could continue to come out of demand. Um, I just don't know if they'll be willing or ready to do anything else from a demand standpoint because there's still so many questions that have to be answered. Looking south, are we wrapped up with harvest? Is it pretty much, you know, on on the down downside i can't even talk today on the downside for brazil and rest of south america yeah getting there there's there's certainly concerns with the way the weather's um played out down there uh you know that uh they're going to have a smaller crop and it always seems like when they 
they start turning one direction as far as either a crop getting bigger or smaller, which is the same with us, is that it keeps going that way. And, you know, right now you've continued to see these uh, guesses for their crop size go lower uh, as we move forward, which, you know, it, it's helpful. But as long as we're expecting the crop size that we are expecting right now and there's no concerns about that and there's no concerns about demand picking up, that's going to be the biggest topic. I mean, sounds good, Aaron. What's the best way for folks to get a hold of you? Yeah, you can give me a call at 402-309-3171 or just email me at abirtles at crossroadsml.com. And that's the Fontenelle Final Bell where commodity futures and options do involve substantial risk of loss and are not suitable for all investors. It's brought to you by Fontenelle Hybrids and your local Fontenelle dealers. Check it out as a podcast at ruralradio.com wherever you subscribe and on Spotify as well. It's the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network.